In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, being a Christian is dangerous. Coming to church is dangerous. In fact, listening to the sermon is dangerous. I hope you're not saying, well, I'm safe then. <laughs> now, it might seem like this is what you're doing right now is the least dangerous thing that you do all week to gather here with your family, with your friends, to sit and to sing and to pray and to listen and to eat and drink, but it's wrong. This right now is a dangerous business, and Jesus tells why. Jesus, in the parable of the sower, unfolds the hidden reality of what happens when God's word is preached, when it's, when it's spread abroad, when the seed is thrown out. Some seed falls on the path, and the birds come along and snatch them away. And with this, Jesus is telling us that the devil is there, always ready to grab the word and tear it out of our hearts. Some of the seed falls on the rocks and grows up quickly, but the sun comes down and the plants dry up and wither. And with this, the Lord is warning us that, that persecutions and troubles always follow the preaching of God's word and it dries up our faith and our trust in him. Some seed falls among the weeds and the weeds grow up and they choke out the little plant. And with this, our Lord indicates that some people will be ensnared with the cares of this world, with riches and pleasures and things of this sort. Now, we don't see these dangers with our eyes, but Jesus unfolds for us this mystery of the kingdom of heaven, these unseen dangers that always accompany the preaching of his word. And the sum of all of this is that the world and your and my sinful flesh and the devil himself is doing everything he can to destroy the word of God. And that is why it is not safe to come to church. The devil hates, with a hatred that only he can muster, the devil hates what is happening right here, right now. He hates the word of God. And he is hell-bent on destroying it, on making sure that it doesn't take root in your heart. You have no doubt seen before an armored vehicle driving down the street. These huge things with huge walls and, and, and reinforced tires and, and all of this with, with two men in the front that are guards and they're armed. You know that you know that they have to be this way because they're moving something valuable. And whenever something valuable is being moved, there's always potential for violence, for an attack. Well, what more valuable treasure is there in, in, in all of the world than God's word? And the devil is always trying to steal it, trying to rob it, trying to cut it off from bearing fruit. Troubles, the troubles of this world are always trying to wither away at the word to burn it down and make it come to nothing. The pleasures and, and desires and the lusts of the flesh are always trying to choke out God's word and our faith. Always. So great is the devil's hatred for God's word that I can assure you that every time we gather here by the Lord Jesus on Sunday morning, 
on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday night, whenever it is that we gather here in the Lord's name to hear the Lord's word, that the demons are here, plucking and snatching and grasping and distracting and, and tempting and whispering and doing everything that they can to prevent God's word from being uh, planted deep into our ears and into our hearts. And more, it's not just the devil, but the world persecuting, blaspheming, troubling, doing whatever it can to starve out the Lord's word. You know the, the world and its temptations, its persecutions, the oppression that surrounds you, that, that it, where, where it seems like it's, the world is always just trying to, to press the, your faith right out of your heart to make room for doubt and unbelief like the hot sun scorching a little plant. And if these three aren't bad enough, the devil and the world, there's a traitor on the inside, even our own sinful flesh, our sinful nature. You know better than anyone else your sinful nature, your temptations, and your distractions, and your desires. Covetousness, laziness, self-serving, lost, whatever it is, all of it is there choking out the Lord's word like weeds or vines that spin around the little plants surrounding it to choke it to death. Everything in this wicked world is trying to prevent what is happening right now, the, the hearing of God's word. And these dangers are real. Now all of this explains to the disciples, it really answers a question that they had had of Jesus, why everyone wasn't following him. I mean, Jesus, after all, is performing all of these great miracles, all of these wonderful signs. He's teaching this great wisdom. He's delivering salvation. Why isn't it that the whole world is following after Jesus? Well, he tells, he tells them, not all seed lands in good soil. And this also answers the question for us about why we have a couple of extra seats here in the church. After all, if the Lord Jesus comes to deliver his goodness, why doesn't the, the whole neighborhood, in fact, the whole world gather to hear it? Well, because not all seed falls on good soil. But there is another thing that Jesus is getting at. For he would have us consider in this parable the very real danger of unbelief of losing the word, of the word being unfruitful. He wants to impress upon us with all seriousness the perils that the Lord's word faces when it is preached and when it is heard. And he with this parable is warning us to take heed lest this happen to us and the word of God be lost. It's a dangerous thing to hear God's word preached. So Jesus tells us this parable, that we might be the good soil that receives the word and bears fruit. For while there are three types of bad soil, three types of heart that bear no fruit, that is, they have no faith, there is, says Jesus, a good soil that's described like this, a good and noble heart that receives the word with patience. And that, dear saints, is what we're after. A good and noble heart. But what does this mean? What is a good heart? 
Is it a heart that's full of good works? Is it a heart that's pure and holy, clean as the wind-driven snow? <laughs> if this was a good heart, if this is what it meant to have a good heart, then that heart wouldn't need the seed, would it? A heart that was pure and holy wouldn't need God's word of life and salvation. No, that's not what, what it means to have a good heart. To have a good heart is to have a humble heart, a repentant heart, a heart, in fact, that knows that it is nothing but dirt, a heart that knows that it needs the seed above all else. A good heart is the heart of a sinner that knows its sin. Remember the words of Jesus that he speaks to the disciples talking about the Pharisees, where he says, those that are well have no need of a doctor. You remember this text? We might say to Jesus, what in the world are you talking about? There's no one who's well. There's no one who's sinless. There's no one who doesn't need your help. Yes, Jesus would say, yes, that's right. But the difference is, do you know your sickness? Do you know your sin? Every heart born since Adam and Eve has been corrupt and wicked above all things. But a good heart is the heart that knows that, that knows its sin, that knows its sickness, that knows its death, and so knows its need for this seed of life and mercy. So it is that when we hear Jesus describing all of these different types of soil, we hear in this description ourselves. When we hear Jesus talking about the, the soil that is the path, that's hard, and the seed lands on it, and people trample it down, and the devil comes and snatches it away, we say, oh, yes, Lord, that describes my heart. For I don't give attention to the, to the word as I should. I don't listen and, and study and pray as I should. And I know the devil comes and steals the word right away from me because of my inattention. Or we hear about the, the seed that falls among the rocks. And we say, oh, Lord, that describes me as well. For it's true that, that, that I have zeal at the beginning when I hear the Lord's word, but I don't endure. And when troubles and persecutions come along, I'm afraid and I'm weak and I'm sorrowful. Or when we hear Jesus describing the, the soil that has the weeds, all the cares and temptations of this life, we say, oh, Lord, that's me too. That's my own heart. I know my own temptations, my own weaknesses my own desires to have and to grasp and to treasure the things that are not eternal. I know that about myself too. But listen, it's this heart, the heart that knows its own weaknesses, the heart that knows its own failures, the heart that knows its own troubles and temptations. It's this heart that is the good soil. When we hear in this parable of our own sin and our own failure. And we hear in this parable about the three bad soils. When we hear the, in them descriptions of ourselves, then we are actually then the good soil, for Jesus by this has shown us our sin. He's shown us our weaknesses. He's shown us our failure. And then he comes with his word of forgiveness to forgive our sins and to cast away all of our failures he comes to plant his word of mercy and life and truth 
deep into our hearts so that it would bear the fruit of faith and love and life eternal, 100-fold, that is, even to eternal life. And this is our comfort and our peace. It's a dangerous thing to come to church. There are enemies that surround us, that, that are trying to poke and pry and snatch and scorch and choke out the Lord's word, doing whatever they can to make sure the word doesn't bear fruit. But take heed. Do not be afraid. Let your heart not sorrow. For the Lord Jesus is the one who sows the seed. And it is his desire above all all else. It is his desire to plant his word of life into your ears and into your heart. And while it is true that the devil and the world and the flesh are here right now, it is even more true, if we can say it that way, that Jesus is here. Jesus, who was crucified for you, who was risen from the dead for you, who ascended into heaven for you. He is here with his word this morning. He is the one who overcame the sinful flesh with his 40 days of fasting in the wilderness. He is the one who destroyed the devil with his death on the cross. And he is the one who has conquered the entire world by his resurrection on the third day. And he is here this morning with his word of mercy and truth and life for you, for your heart, and for your comfort, and for your peace. And this, in fact, makes church the safest place in all the world. May the Lord Jesus have his way with us. May he this morning and always plant his word into our heart so that we, we may rejoice in his bringing forth the good fruit of faith and life eternal today and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.